Hello and welcome to Market with my girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Cat. This is my girlfriend, Erin. And sometimes Cat tries to throw me a curveball, so I just fix it in post. switched it up on you i knew you wouldn't be prepared for that <gasps> i got an alolan volpex <laughs> the energy <laughs> is just so bonkers today it wasn't like this five minutes ago what happened <laughs> i contemplated the existence of holes you did that a while ago it ruined me oh that'll happen yeah okay the topic, the category is wrestling. Whatever the other thing that they say in Pose is before they have the walk-offs. Do it. I've never watched Pose. You need to watch Pose. This is the actual episode already, Aaron. Yeah, no, I, I watch like live streams and YouTube videos. I don't watch TV shows. Okay, well, we're going to watch Pose. Erica says I don't have to. Wait, Aaron, is this weekend the... Is this weekend a holiday for us? It is, yeah. That's right. Is that why our energy's so fucked? Probably. <laughs> Remember, this one's the bread holiday. Right. I have a lot of bread in the freezer. This is also the corn husk doll holiday. Yep. It's the it's the it's the it's the witch holiday that I can't pronounce because it's way too way too Irish. Lou nay say. I can't even fucking spell it. Let me let me let you know the secret, Aaron. Okay. Death is a concept invented by the Jedi. <clears throat> I don't even know how to spell it. <laughs> I would just leave the Zoom call, but I don't think I'd be able to get back in. You still have the link. I'm worried it'll stop working. <laughs> So anyway, do you have anything else we want to say that's weird? Because we could get all the weird out right away if we want to. I just found out USPS has a merchandise store. That's a good one. And I kind of want a few things, actually. That's fair. My weird thing that I want to get out of the way is Stan Puppy Girl Jenna. And let's move on. Oh, it's okay. So it's pronounced Lunasa because it's a schwa. So you got to mm. ugh. I can't speak phonetic. It's okay, Erin. We'll teach you IPA, and then we'll teach you stout, and then we'll teach you sour. And... I, I know stout. I know stout really well. Erin shouldn't have stout. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Okay, well, it depends on the kind of stout, too, because, like, Guinness is fine, because Guinness is basically... Bread. No. Barely alcohol. <laughs> anyway, we have wrestling to talk about, probably. Wrestling happened this week, that's for sure. Yeah, it did. And it also threats on Brandon Cutler's life happened this week. <laughs> yeah, that was the opening to VT, wasn't it? Yes, it was. A, a follow up to last week's where they said they'd have to kill him. Mm -hmm. Now they're planning how to kill him. The whiteboard doesn't say how to kill Brandon. Cu Brandon. 
how and killer crossed off and it's now ways to murder brandon much more clear mm -hmm. i also liked how chucky e. t erased brandon and wrote brandon <laughs> rewrote brandon <laughs> So I just want to like let's let's go through the list and like pick out some of our favorites. <laughs> okay, are we both just going to look at number fourteen? We'll start with number fourteen: Burger King foot lettuce. The last thing you want in your Burger King burger is someone's foot fungus, but that's just what you get at this. I'm sorry, I'll stop. I don't know why we're so weird this episode. I just have a very manic energy. Oh gosh, I still can't believe that. That guy has more than one channel. I didn't know that. I've been watching him for years. I, I watched Chills for all his spooky videos. I didn't know he did more. You didn't know he did Burger King foot lettuce? I didn't! Okay, let's focus up. Oh, we're very punchy. This is like re-recording an episode of Skyjacks that we just recorded. Okay, so number 14 is auto-erotic asphyxiation, but we do it. So asphyxiation so when brandon actually goes in the room they're setting up a belt and trying to figure out how not to die from this i think some of my favorites are i like really enjoy psychological torture <laughs> okay i'm just let's just run down the list it's funny enough sure knife parentheses plastic or metal i like how only plastic has a question mark Number two, car crossed out, van, Sue, Sue question mark, <laughs> psychological torture, question mark, wolf and or wolves. I like that one. It's very simple. Number six, Game of Thrones, gold on head. I never watched gold Game of Thrones, so uh, I don't know what that means. They pour liquid gold on a guy's head as a way to give him a crown. Oh... Oh, that works with number 10, then. Number 10 at number 16. Oh, yeah. Because number... So, realistically, number 6, number 10, and number 16 are all the same thing. Game of Thrones, gold on head. Dip in gold, or put him in gold, but it's hot. Well, see, number 16 means to imply that number 10 is cold gold. So they're just dipping him in cold gold? They're just, like, pushing him into a bar of gold, I think. Number 7 quicksands with an s at the end quicksands okay do you remember growing up quicksand was like the terror isn't this a john mulaney bit like everything seemed to do with quicksand and how it got rid of everything and how if you fell into it you're instantly dead uh turns out it's not a big deal also you're not instantly dead if you fall into quicksand you just have to swim through it because it's mostly water yeah anyway <laughs> number eight car ride with mjf yeah no that that one might actually be against like the geneva convention <laughs> number nine brandon but crossed out just get brandon to kill brandon uh, like do they know a second brandon number 11 time travel kill grand slash reg father <laughs> number 11 crossed out number 12 ghosts slash goats <laughs> that that's a good one number 1a stabbing see number one <laughs> and you can see that they've actually crossed that out because that was gonna be number 13 <laughs> number 13 alien 1979 now do they are they referencing the movie itself or are they trying to find an alien from 1979 i assume the movie 
Okay. Like, the, I assume they mean the chest burster, but that was Orange Cassidy's contribution. He's like, I don't know. What about Alien? <laughs> Number 14, autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh, God, asphyxiation. Give me a second. Autoerotic asphyxiation. I've had, like... Three sips? Three quarters of a tall boy. Three quarters? It's a 24-ounce beer, so I already drank, like, 12 ounces of it before I filled the glass. Oh, my God drunk even before the show starts <laughs> maybe that's why we're a little punchy maybe um number 15 anvil slash cliff a uh, very roadrunner very classic mm -hmm. and then finally number 17 zeke the plumber i expect to see zeke the plumber next week now i'd be disappointed if we didn't see zeke the plumber <laughs> next week oh my god my apartment is so hot without the air conditioning Let's fucking bang this episode out then so that I don't have to die. I would appreciate if you didn't. Die or finish the episode? Die! I think I just won't finish the episode. God damn it. Okay, so what dark matches do we want to talk about? Because I think it was a big dark again. It was two hours of dark. I admit I didn't watch most of it. I didn't really either. I did watch FTR versus Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon because I have to. All oh, right. They got a name now. The Initiative. It's a good name. I like it. It is, but it's definitely a more Cutler name than an Avalon name. True. But it's still good. I guess if you count the Player's Handbook as a book, it's probably in the library. I mean, I have definitely tweeted at Leva a couple times that she should run an adventure for them as, like, a team-building exercise. Mm -hmm. No response yet. I'm pretty sure Cutler is talking about starting a, like, AEW wrestler's D&D &D game. I think so. I know he's been on a couple recently. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's forthcoming. I would watch that, even if it is D&D. I so many times want to tweet at Brandon and be like, Brandon, there are games that aren't D&D. &D. Yeah. D there's so many. D&D and and D and A and W. That sounds like a normal D&D &D night. You get it in W. You play D&D. &D. At least when they had the good nuggets. The good nuggets. I miss those. God rest their soul. God rest their soul. They were good after a flight. Oh, but you know what? You think Brandon Cutler wants to play worldwide wrestling? Probably not. Damn it. He does it for a living. He doesn't need to play an RPG about it. But one shot got Colt Cabana. That's fair. <laughs> I do think. He <laughs> needs to do a cozy den. Oh, God. A cozy den, you say? Why? What a coincidence. I have that right here. I want to alert that. So you mean just grow a tail and, according to this picture, sit around and listen to records? Y literally, yes. This is a game about snakes, or half snake, half... I believe the book describes it as half snake, half human, all lesbian. <laughs> Speaking of Gen Con, we... Are not there. Tomorrow is the Neo Scum Live episode, and I'm excited for that. We're entirely off of the topic of red. I think this is just us shooting the shit for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, 
It's been about 20 minutes. We've talked about a little bit of wrestling. Okay, so FTR versus The Initiative. Let's get back on topic. Was good. You know, it didn't show off. I didn't think Brandon and Avalon had as much of a showing that they might win as in previous matches. It was an FTR match. It was not a The Initiative match. Yes, definitely. But the FTR did announce that they are signed with All Elite now. Yes, that's true. They did finally sign the contract. Their stipulations are to have a fucking tag rope. Doesn't AEW have a tag rope? I think they do, but no nobody one uses, uses them. it. Nobody's used a tag rope in thirty years. I, okay, that's not true. Every once in a while, a ref will enforce it if they want to be particularly draconian. Okay, I've used a tag rope in the last thirty years. But like, they do have a tag rope. But at the same time, FTR has a point because there was a, I, I think it was the Jurassic Express match that I watched recently from last week where Luchasaurus tagged Jungle Boy halfway across the fucking ring. Mm, Luchasaurus can reach that far, though. No, he was out of the corner uh, okay. by like a solid eight or nine steps. <laughs> <laughs> like the tag. Okay, so. Because they were in the ramp side corner. Mm -hmm. The tag happened on the ramp. Oh, jeez. I must have overlooked that. Yeah, they need a tag rope. There's a tag rope. There was actual enforcement of the 10 second rule on tags. Which is good. Which you know is going to lead to a disqualification on the Bucks for being in for too long. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. I am excited to see how FTR's whole deal with... Well, actually, we get more of that this week, don't we? Yep. That's why I'm telling you, they're setting it up. They're setting up my dream team. The, the four horsemen of AEW? Yeah, but without Sean Spears. Sorry, Sean Spears, <laughs> I still love you. But FTR coming to help Cody during Dark? Uh, during Dynamite? No, they didn't. Did they not? No, you're right. Matt Cordona helped Cody. Anyway, you know, but FTR is doing good story work. Oh, yeah, totally. They are. They came right in, just immediately started clicking with everyone they were working with, at least on camera. Absolutely. I, you know, I. Yeah, we can't speak to backstage politics, but they are very, very welcome addition to the roster in terms of like how they work into the story. Because, you know, the storyline that they were working with Hangman Page needed a draw for him yeah otherwise he's just kind of stuck in the elite but now there's like that alternative that's popped up right and i'm pretty sure that it was dark this week not dark jesus i'm pretty sure that it was bte this week where hangman asked them out on a date yep we're at the end of the show and then they started turning off the lights but it's like we just saw four people go past you so there's still people there. Don't turn the lights off. That's rude. <laughs> yeah, because this is Joey Janela, like, in the shot accidentally. He, he followed them back into the thing. I love, I love how, like, yeah, they left Brandon in there. I just love how, like, it's all filmed in snippets backstage. So, like, people are actually still working while they're goofing off and making their weird knockoff Warhorse YouTube show. Yep. But it's 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 fun. I like it. I'm excited. I still think that Cody would be better in the new Four Horsemen. Yeah, Cody would have that like the mic work that 
the other members don't seem to. Mm-hmm. Like Hangman, FTR, and Spears. None of them are bad on a mic, but they're not Cody. Although Spears did have a very good Twitter promo this week. Oh, gosh, yeah. Seriously, go look that up. This episode's going to be such a mess. Yeah, probably. Okay, so the other dark match that I wanted to talk about was Joey Janelle and Sunny Kiss versus Michael Nakazawa and Pineapple Pete. <laughs> oh my god, what was this fucking match? Erin um, is enjoying us talking about this because she did her witch laugh. And when Erin does the witch laugh, it's usually a good sign. You just had to call me out on that, didn't you? <laughs> I love it. Oh, so, so Nakazawa tried to get like the baby oil out early mm-hmm. when Sunny was set up to kiss my sass, but Janella took it and sprayed down Sunny's ass. Which, do we want to pull up the quote from Jim Cornette? <laughs> oh, I just closed it, I think. I've got it. Okay, good. This is a Jim Cornette quote. Sunny's ass is two feet behind the rest of her body. Looks like Sunny's doing a back bend while standing up straight. <laughs> You're not wrong. For once. For once, Jim Cornette and I agree. <laughs> and that may be the only time. <laughs> that was such a silly match. I loved it. Yeah, because right after that, this Knack and Pineapple Pete set up a, a double team mm-hmm. where they sprayed down Knack's back and Pete went flying off of him into Sunny. Mm-hmm. Then they tried to hug and fell off each other. <laughs> I just love Pineapple Pete being a thing. Yep. Like, conceptually, him going from Sugar Dunkerton and Sug D and all the other things that he was booked as yep. to Pineapple Pete because he got heat with Jericho for wearing a Hawaiian shirt. <sighs> it's, just, uh, it's one of those things that just got over instantly, so you run with it. Right. Well, I mean, it got over instantly because Jericho can get literally anything over. Yeah, valid. Jericho can get an orange juice soaked blazer over. For three weeks now. Yeah. It looks disgusting. It really does. I feel sorry for Santana who has to keep smelling that thing. The producer Aitsu says, you just made the list. Oh, goodness. Okay, what other dark matches do we want to talk about? Uh, just really quickly bringing up Orange Cassie and Serpentico. Mm-hmm. The Knight of Pentico. Two of my favorites on there. Because, oh, it was just fun to watch. Orange Cassie ended up getting a mousetrap on him. Mm-hmm. And then after the match, Serpentico was not happy with the result and tried to attack him. So Orange gave him a an elbow, a Superman elbow, mm-hmm. and just laid him out. It's, it's one of those things where it was just well done and should be watched. Yeah. No, and like the other thing is, I appreciate that they're kind of like working the jobbers into stuff a little bit more now. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like it's definitely appreciable that the fact that through all of this, they have kept people consistently employed. Yeah, there, there's definitely people getting recognition and paychecks out of this, which is great. And then there's people getting contracts out of this. Yep, like five. And, like, oh, what's that? Just announced today, Eddie Kingston. Now it's just a few hours ago before we went live. Mm-hmm. So I'm very glad to see that, because he's so good. Yep. I can't wait to see him. Like, him and Mox mm-hmm. are going to have 
great matches. I mean, like, he's going to have great matches with everyone because he can work. Yeah. I can see him doing more with Cody. I can see so many people on the roster that he can work so well off of. Because he doesn't need to do, like, hardcore matches to be good. He's just good. Yep. He's got a specialty in hardcore matches, like Mox does. Right. But he can still wrestle a regular match kick-ass. And it's also, you know, Eddie Kingston does bulk up the roster a little bit. Let's be real. Yep. They're actually getting a lot of different sizes going on. Yeah, they're getting a lot bulkier. Between Cage, the, the you know, human muscle fiber. <laughs> <laughs> but then they're still bringing on, like, Ricky Starks. Yeah. No, who's they're... more like the style they started out with. Right. I I like that there's a diversity of talents now mm-hmm. in terms of size. Now we just need a diversity of talents in terms of ethnicities. You're not wrong. I love AEW, but it's a pretty white company. Like there's there's like it's it's getting better, but it's still fairly white. Yeah. They still it's still have work to do, but Yeah, they they also don't have unlimited money. Despite what some people say on Twitter. <laughs> I actually saw that today on something. They were commenting on something with AEW. Like, it, like, they have unlimited money. Why don't they just do this? Like, they don't. They still have a budget. <laughs> yeah, they have a budget. There's only so much Tony Khan's willing to spend on his vanity project. Yeah. Tony Khan has unlimited money. AEW does not. <laughs> Tony Khan maybe doesn't have unlimited money. He just has more money than any one reasonable human being could spend in a lifetime. Yeah. Technically, his dad has that money, though. True. Yeah. Like, they're both co-owners in the Jags, right? Yes. End of the day, they're still billionaires, and they still get the chop, at, you know. But I'll hesitate a little bit when it's Tony's turn. <laughs> That's all you can <laughs> It's like that tweet, you know, when the race war happens, you have to kill Tony Hawk. <laughs> and Tony Hawk replies, I appreciate the hesitation, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, he gets it. Like, it's... You know, it's not a big deal for Tony Hawk. He's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's where this episode went today. Yep. We're going all over the place. Do we want to pause for mid-roll and then talk about Dynamite? Sure. Pause the multiverse. I did want to, during our mid-roll, promote the game jam that I'm hosting, which has 16 days as of time of recording by the time this releases, which will be what? We're scheduled for Tuesday, August 4th? Sounds right. It'll be about 14 days, 13 to 14 days, depending on when people listen to it from when this goes out till the end of the game jam that I am hosting. I gotta get my ass in gear. So do I. Interior, the mess hall and the Aurum. Man, it sure is great. To wake up to a nice, refreshing cup of coffee. Wait, who are you talking to? Why, Plex. Our wonderful listeners, of course. (laughs) Course. Just like the coarse grind I get on my coffee from Grinding Coffee Co. What kind of spice are you on? Listeners? Coffee? (laughs) 
Why, the delicious spice of my medium roast Mexican chocolate coffee blend, my friend, delivered straight to our airlock in an airtight bag. The beans are as fresh as the day they were roasted. I'm so confused. You're not talking any sense. <laughs> I'm talking about grinding coffee, Co. Why don't you tell her and our dear listeners a little bit more, Miss Narrator? Thanks, Space Dumpster. Grinding Coffee Co. is a black and LGBTQ plus owned coffee business that delivers coffee straight to your door. They have a coffee for everyone from K-cups to cold brew to blended and more. This high quality taste will leave you wanting more. Available in whole bean, ground, or espresso grind. I did not sign up to be on a haunted ship. No matter what time you order, your coffee is always roasted the day it ships, so you're guaranteed fresh coffee. When you're ready to get yourself some fine coffee, head over to the referral link in the show notes and enter code SOSAS at checkout for 10% off your order. That's S-O-S-E-S at checkout for 10% off. Oh, what the actual criff. Resume the- what is- what is- what does Matt Hardy say? Restart the multiverse. Sure. <laughs> we'll have to go back and watch because I drew a blank there. Okay. So Dynamite this week. I don't have any notes. Because Aaron live tweeted it. <laughs> I was live tweeting on the Sosis Twitter account. <laughs> so I'm going through my notes on that now, which will be mm -hmm. interesting. <laughs> Do we want to bring up the masked wrestling elephant in the room? Should we? Probably just to talk about it so that it's explicit because like okay this episode yeah. of dynamite felt off very much it wasn't apparent at the start why but after a match or two it, it kind of sunk in yeah because excalibur wasn't on commentary this week he was replaced by taz who is very good at commentary but does not have the same energy it's a very different commentary that excalibur provided yeah there's videos from pro wrestling gorilla where Excalibur said a lot of very, very incredibly offensive racial slurs, including the N-word, and a couple of anti-Mexican slurs, and a bunch of other stuff. Kevin Owens also got called out for it. Yeah. It was disturbing to watch. I did watch the clip, and boy was it uncomfortable. Especially because they were saying, especially because they were using, like, they were using racial slurs directed towards Sami Zayn as El Generico. Like, you know, you can clear it with your Black performers beforehand and be like, this is the angle we want to take. Are you okay with this? But you're, you know, Sami is Syrian. He's not Mexican. Which leads me to believe they probably didn't clear a lot of the slur usage with anyone else. And, like, I, I saw another thing, just scrolling through Twitter, looking into it, of a couple people who said, like, yeah, no, it seems like they were all fine with it when it was happening. It's like, well, no, there's been a whole discussion amongst Black wrestlers over Twitter for the past month about how stuff like this happened and happens, and it is not comfortable. Mm -hmm. but they don't feel like they can talk out about it mm -hmm. because surprise surprise their jobs are dependent on the guys who are saying the slurs yep 
because Excalibur and Super Dragon owned PWG. So I guess a good thing to come out of like Sammy's issue from a month ago is that there is a precedent set now that if something like this comes up, AEW has a way of addressing it and seeing it through. So at time of recording, they haven't released any kind of message or anything. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it, it took them a few days the last time as well. So I'm not that surprised. But yeah, probably expect to see him off TV for at least a month. Yeah, I would. I'd be okay if I. There would be a lot of adjustment that would need to be made. They need to hire another commentary person, to be honest. But I would be very okay if he just never came back. It's very, very reasonable. I mean, we'll see. What happens with Jimmy Havoc? Jimmy's thing is its own big can of beans. Yeah. You know, I'd even go so far as to call it a can of corn because I don't want to fucking open that thing. I'd like to open a can of beans, but I don't want to open a can of corn. Okay. That's fair. Or a can of mushrooms. What's the... Okay, tangent time. What's the worst canned good? Carrots. Counterpoint. Canned bread. I've never had canned bread. Second counterpoint to my counterpoint. Canned whole chicken. (laughs) I mean, I used to go to the store and just buy like whole chickens. Yeah, no, that's fine. This is pre-cooked canned chicken. These were sitting under a hot light for like three hours before I bought them. (laughs) Entirely okay, because like those are cooked that day. Okay. This is canned chicken packaged in slime. Oh, so something about like canned carrots just they just aren't right for some reason. I mean, yeah, they're they're mushy and gross. Yeah. No, canned whole chicken is the worst. Creamed corn I like because it's the pain and suffering of teenage girls from the town of Twin Peaks, Washington. That's a spoiler <laughs> for Twin Peaks. You haven't gotten there yet. Sorry, Aaron. Cause you haven't shown me that far yet. <laughs> Because we don't ever take time to watch Twin Peaks together. I've been trying to get you to watch Twin Peaks for like, how long have we been dating? Literally message me any night. (laughs) Okay, but we have podcasts that we need to edit now. I know. It's actually harder to find time now. We are very limited in our time. It's like, I'm the most open spaced about everything. That's not the way to put that. (laughs) I have the most open time because I'm only doing the one show, but that's still like two or three days of editing over the weekends. Yep. The fuck are we talking about again? We were talking about Dynamite, but we hadn't actually gotten into Dynamite. We were talking about Excalibur and how he sucks. Yeah, I expect he'll probably be gone for a month. He'll see it. He'll see the fine. He'll see sensitivity training. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Anyway, wrestling. The wrestles. So, let's start by talking about our first match, because that was a lot. <laughs> a ten-man tag was a lot, you say? Ten-man, wasn't it a wasn't it a tornado tag? No, it just looked like it. Okay, I can't tell with AEW because their tag rules are basically Calvin Ball. Okay, so you remember, what was it, was it two weeks ago? They did the eight-man tag, and how wonderfully put together that was. Yeah. This one didn't so much. <laughs> I 
don't know what happened half the time to be perfectly honest it's almost like the young bucks listen to the podcast no we talked about how we liked how they managed to keep an eight-man tag match together and then did the opposite of that this week okay no i'm starting on this i swear to god the fucking young bucks listened to this a few weeks ago before we went on hiatus i had said how anything above a six-man tag match tends to fall apart. So what do they do as soon as, as soon as we come back? They have an eight-man tag match, and it's the best you'll ever find of it. <laughs> you will not find a better eight-man tag match. So then they book a ten-man tag match for two weeks later. After we praise the eight-man tag match. After we praise... After they get praised. Yep, after, after I praise their eight-man tag match... But still said nothing would ever be like as good as that one. They booked a 10-man tag match. It was a thing. I liked watching it, but I don't think it was a very good tag match. Because <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of tag. It, it was kind of a mess. Like I said, it was Calvin Ball the match. Yeah. But later on in Dynamite, you know what they did? They booked a six-man... A... a 12-man tag match for next week. Because they need to keep ramping up the number of mans in the tag match. Matt! Nick! What the fuck? Nicholas. Matthew. Please. I swear, if this fucking 12-man tag match is good, I don't know what I'll do. (laughs) Okay, but they haven't heard us talk about the 12-man tag match because they filmed it this week. Yeah, they would have filmed it this week. That's what I'm saying. Like, if this match is good, then I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Then it's proof that they probably don't listen to our show. No, it's the fact that they're just booking exponentially bigger tag matches that proves they are. (laughs) This is the fuck with me. Okay, I'm sure. So yes, anyway. Okay, so yeah, the, the, the match was just a slop fest. Yeah, no, it like it was fun to watch. Definitely. But if this had been a battle royal, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. It's a battle royal with teams. Yep. But it's not the tag team battle royal, because that was really fun to watch, actually. Yeah, that was. Okay. So the next match. Do we want to save match number two for last? Drag out that anticipation? Yes. You see them shiver with anticipation. So we had, as match number three, Grayson and Uno versus as Aaron would say hangman and page but (laughs) (laughs) hangman and kenny omega oh gosh so dark order versus hangman and omega and i love this match so much oh my god like as a pure marking out point i've talked before about how i've gone to see uno and grayson Mm-hmm. When they were the Super Smash Brothers, I used to watch them in Toronto a bunch. I used to follow all their social media, watch them on their YouTube channels and whatnot. And mm-hmm. seeing them in the ring with certified one of the best wrestlers in the world. And one of the most up-and-coming wrestlers in the world was just amazing. Especially with how well they held it together. Oh, they kept pace beautifully. It, it was great. Yep. Grayson is incredible. Oh, he's so vocal. I love it. <laughs> like, 
I mean, like, I love I love Evil Uno as well. Player yes. Uno in our hearts. He will always be Player Uno. In our memories. When he gets hit with paper. <laughs> That's a thing we didn't talk about. That was probably my favorite part of uh, BTE was when Uno put on the Jags helmet. <laughs> yep. You just see him in the background put this thing on. He's like struggling to get a football helmet over his mask. And then Brody Lee wheels around and whacks him with paper, but on the football helmet. It worked! <laughs> He's immediately told to take it off so he can hit again. Actually, okay, The this is, we've gone off topic, but the Dark Order segments on BTE have quickly become my favorite thing. Yes. It Silver been, corpsing for the entire bit was beautiful. It's wonderful, like, character building for everyone. How, like, they're all kind of scared of Mr. Brody. And they're trying to mitigate how much they get yelled at or paper thrown at them. And then there's Grayson. He's just like, yeah, I got papers you can throw at people. <laughs> and it was not going to be me. Grayson hasn't fucked up yet. Yep. Well, yet. Because they did in this match. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the, are you doing the Dark Order sign, or do you have a question? <laughs> I, I have a question. <laughs> I swear, the BT bits for Dark Order are like the old Monty Python skits, mm -hmm. where they're just trying to get each other to break and seeing who can go longest. Absolutely. <laughs> like, S Silver had to hold his face a few times. <laughs> who the fuck is Grip Garrison? <laughs> Oh, God. I always feel bad that that's going to follow that kid for the rest of his career. <laughs> I mean, he brought it on himself. He volunteered for it. He had to know it was going to follow him forever. Oh, I know. I, it's one of those things, like, before he leaves BTE and, like, AEW's filming schedule, they need to they need to do a, something like, oh, Griff Garrison. Or they need to have him win a match. People are like, that's Griff Garrison. Yeah. Yeah, something to uh, mitigate that a bit. Right. Uh, but yeah, in the match, like, Grayson getting picked up for You Cannot Escape. He's like, oh, come on! Mm -hmm. Or anytime he gets by, so I'm going, oh, shit. Like, he's just, he's so audible. And it's so great. And they had the best camera angle ever used in AEW, I think. Which camera angle was that? That was when Grayson got thrown into the Dark Order corner hit it, and went over. Oh. But they did it from the uh, turnbuckle camera. So he's just running at you and then goes over the rope. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very good angle. Grayson is really crisp. Like, this was a very good, like, you know, like, late September, early October apple kind of crisp. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're getting a stamen wine sap. Those you should not pick until after the first frost of the year. That's when they're ripe. I gotcha. So wait for November for those. There's different app. Did I ever tell you about the Apple podcast that I wanted to do? Yes, you did. And I actually volunteered for it. That's right. Th that was we before this one. That was well before this one. So I had an idea for a podcast that I was going to call the Apple Genus Bar. <laughs> where we talked about different like uh, cultivars of apples and their history and then tried those apples mm -hmm. 
it was gonna be a very good podcast except that we'd have to find a lot of really hard to find heirloom apples yeah that would get expensive fast it'd be worth it probably i mean like i'd have to have a host who i was able to order the apples like to one address so i wasn't ordering you know like some like weird random variety of apple yeah that would be something to maybe look into when you're in toronto i think our april fools episode will be red delicious (laughs) and we'll just do red delicious every year for (laughs) april fools this year's red delicious are especially nice they're especially chalky. <laughs> I like Red Delicious, though. It, it's a nice, simple apple. It's mealy. Yeah. It was literally bred just to look good on shelves and not taste good. Yeah, so I, I don't expect much from it. I just grab one and go. At least get a gala apple for that. I mean, Granny Smith is my usual go-to. Jazz apples are really good. I like jazz apples. Baileys are solid. There's a lot of really good apples out there. Oh, I know. Um, there's an apple, it's like, oh god, Cascadia Gold or something like that. Cat. That legitimately the apple tastes like cinnamon. Cat. Cat. Yeah. This is the wrestling podcast. I don't care, we're talking about (laughs) apples now. Oh god, this is why it takes two hours to record. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, um... The Harrison Cider Apple is also really good. It's a very, like, rich and dry apple, mm-hmm. but it's small. There's a lot of really old apple cultivars. Like, a lot of the stuff we get in stores right now is, like, you know, bred and developed in the 60s. But there's stuff that's been around and is still grown from, like, the 1700s. And the way that you grow apple trees is you take a rhizome off of the original tree. So you do a root cutting, and then that root cutting grows into another tree version of the original tree because breeding apples is very finicky so you take a cutting like you do with hops we're off topic let's get back to wrestling (laughs) (laughs) okay i was gonna say yeah no eventually the dark order did lose this one because it's not their time with with any gold just yet just yet but that brought out mr brody who was very angry who's very angry at Grayson and Uno. Mm-hmm. And you know he's angry when he gets those two. It, Uno, he's angry most of the time. When he yeah. gets angry at Grayson. Yeah, that's when something goes down. While he's yelling at them, Hangman is in the ring just laughing. So then Brody sends out the, uh, sends out the rest of the Dark Order. They attack them. Bucks come down. FTR comes down. And it's just a big six-man brawl in the middle of the ring. Uh-huh. And I actually posted on Twitter, you can find this. You, you can find a timestamp and everything. I said, so is this going to give us a 6v6 next week? That'd be interesting. And then 10 minutes later, they announced a 6v6 match. Of course. So, yeah, no, it's it's exciting. I like the way that they're handling the Dark Order. Yeah. It's a lot less spooky cult and a lot more like i don't know what which what would you call it they're not so much the spooky spooky perverts they were before right they're not spooky perverts anymore they're menacing perverts (laughs) (sighs) innumerable menacing perverts okay the other match like it's 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 dynamite so we've got a few matches to talk about but 
I enjoyed Sheeta versus Diamante. I did too. I really did. I think there was a couple points in the match where they had some miscommunication. Mm-hmm. This was a fun match, though. I liked it a lot. I like the way Sheeta works because she makes shit look like it hurts. Yeah. She's very good at selling. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see Diamante kick out of the Falcon Arrow. Nobody kicks out. Uh, apparently someone does. Apparently everyone does. Everyone <laughs> kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Except for, like, the three jobbers that she's used it on. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. I would go down for a Falcon Arrow. I mean, like, most people probably would. It's a cool move. But these aren't most people. These are professional wrestlers. <laughs> right, they're tougher than the rest of us. Right, they're superhuman. Yep. <laughs> that's the that's the conceit, right? Like these guys are just superheroes without powers. Yeah. Or with like only with super strength. It's like a league of super strength heroes. It's all Superman with no laser eyes. It's it's all Tetsu 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 Tetsu. <laughs> Damn it. Who is the single greatest character in all of Hiroaka because his name is just Tetsu a bunch of times. I am very excited about the tag team tournament because they are having a women's tag team tournament. That is going to have it's going to happen on Monday, I think, isn't it? Like part of it's going to be on YouTube or something. But we got a little preview of how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. And that Nyla drew a color to find her partner, and she got the funkiest partner. I didn't watch this part. <laughs> they didn't put this on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> so when she when she did that, she got purple and was very happy with that, and then finds out someone else is already drawn purple as well so you we've already got your partner figured out and out comes who they announced as Ariane andrew who used to be in wwe as cameron one half of the funkadactyls along with naomi which i'm excited for like you know good talent good women's talent they clearly knows how to work the ring in the size of the ring that they use, the size of the stage that they have, everything like that. That's a yep. good thing to have. She's already used to the atmosphere that, that they would have. Right. Also, Naomi is the best. Yeah. Now, the only thing is, I don't think she's actually wrestled since about 2016. <laughs> I'm sure she I'm sure she's been wrestling backstage. Yeah, like it, it's probably like riding a bike. I don't remember how to ride a bike. If we put you on a bike, you'd probably remember. I know. We will be putting me on a bike on Monday. <laughs> I ordered a stationary bike. I was going to say, we should probably uh, clarify that. <laughs> I let it hang for a second, but I was going to clarify. <laughs> Basically, MJF is doing a whole MAGA campaign. Yeah, this isn't unusual to see on wrestling shows around elections. There's usually someone who comes out and does this this bit. But... They help clarify a storyline with it, at least, mm-hmm. instead of just doing it randomly, like some companies would, where MGF has been saying for a few weeks now that there's someone holding him back. Someone doesn't want him on two weeks in a row. Someone doesn't want him getting title shots. And of course, we all thought he's talking about Cody. Uh, he wasn't talking about Cody. No, he was talking about Mox. This motherfucker has a death wish. Yeah. 
he really wants to die, huh? Like, I know he's got Wardlow behind him, but I don't know. Yeah, no. It's, it's, it's Gian Moxley. Like, John Moxley's the guy who went over to Japan and beat the crap out of Minoru Suzuki. Mm-hmm. John Moxley is the guy who fucking hit Kenny Omega with a paradigm shift onto bare wood. John Moxley's the guy who crawled through glass in an unsanctioned match. John Moxley's the guy who had a board with mousetraps on it. <laughs> Sorry, were we supposed to escalate? <laughs> no, that's good. We're keeping that. No, I that that was a bit. I was I doing know. a bit. I know. John Moxley has been Nope, that wasn't Moxley. John Moxley has been Nope, that wasn't him either. Has he been buried alive yet? Like under dirt? Yeah. No. Has he been buried alive under bad booking? Yes. Okay, John Box is the guy who's been buried under bad booking for almost all of his career. If he can survive that, he can survive a punk-ass kid like MJF. <laughs> so yeah, I I want to see MJF get his comeuppance at the hands of Mox because that feels very cathartic. Mm -hmm. But you also have to think for a second, like, what if he does win? <laughs> God, I would hate it. Because they've got a match set up for All Out now. Yeah. It'd be like those times that fucking, um, I don't know, all of those piece of shit rich guy wrestlers won. You mean like last November? When he beat Cody or? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but different. Like when they were champions. Oh, okay. Like when, like the, all of those times that JBL was champion. Just insufferable. Yeah. Like MJF is just a Connecticut JBL. Yeah, no, that's fair. Maybe Long I don't know. Where is he from? Long Island? I don't know. I we've been over this. I don't know where to find US places. That's right. Was that last Saturday that we were doing the Yes. Sporkle quizzes until two AM? Yep. <laughs> you were drunk and I was tired. Okay, yeah, no, MJF is from Plainview on Long Island. Okay. Interestingly, the only thing that's not his actual name is his middle initial. Oh? Yeah, no, his like real name, his shoot name, is Maxwell T. Friedman. Yeah, that's, that doesn't roll off as well. It doesn't. The J, the J makes it work. It adds asshole. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we got a little another match for All Out from this, which oh, is there a card building for that? I can't remember now. There is nothing on the page. Excellent. Uh, 2020 All Out is announced, but no location. I am skeptical that it's anywhere but where they, at Daly's place again. Yeah, I fully expect it to be. Like, it's a month from now, and no offense to Florida or most of the rest of the U.S., but y'all need to get your shit together. Please. I'd really appreciate it. Anyway... The main event was the no DQ tornado tag match between Darby and Moxley versus Cage and Starks. Yep. Taz jumped up from the announce desk at this one because he had to go to the back to do a promo with Cage and Starks. Yep. And then go back out to do commentary. <laughs> it's pretty rough for old Taz, huh? Yeah, he's just kind of everywhere, but you know, he's making it work. No, like I mean, it's 
it's a good match. And they gave Ricky Starks the microphone before the match, and oh, he can talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fine with him talking all the time. He's very good. I I like that they're developing. You know, like I I I do appreciate that a lot of like the you know the talent that's been growing within AEW is they're they're actually growing talent. You know, yeah. And then there's Brandon. Brandon's doing pretty good for himself. I mean, yeah, but he's also have a win. I know. But like Ricky Starks was already good, like former NWA TV champion. Mm-hmm. So like he can work, he can talk, he can do all that. And the fact that AEW attracted him like that is a good sign of how they're seen. Right. No, they're they're definitely a quality product. Yeah. They beat guys grocery games in the demo this week. Yes. That's the most important thing is whether or not you beat guys grocery games. That's the real Wednesday Night War. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, this was a very fun match. I This was a brutal match. Which is why it was fun. Some of us like brutal matches a little bit more than others. I, when I said others, I pointed at everyone. When I said some of us, I pointed at myself and tapped my collarbone. I just want to go right there for the rest of you. Thank you for explaining the visual joke in the me- in the auditory medium. You're welcome. It was, it was a great, great, great match. Like I would said, um, this looked like how a lot of my old No Mercy games looked. <laughs> like Ricky Starks took tacks to the back. Oh, did you see his back after that? I did. He's got giant gashes from that. Yeah. It was cool. Like, you see Darby go into the ring and he pulls out a thumbed tack skateboard. You see him go up. It's it's like, okay, we're fine, we're fine. Oh god, he slid on his back. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a spot. And he just kind of stayed down from that. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I do not blame him. It was just not pretty, but good. I liked it. Yeah. Very, very brutal match. Very so brutal. if you're like Cat, watch that one. That's why some of us like watching GCW. I will watch GCW. I just turn away. I I love GCW, and I love that like you have performers who you wouldn't peg for people to do hardcore matches. Like Alley Cat does hardcore matches, and like she said it herself, she almost quit wrestling until she did a show with GCW and was in a hardcore match, and it was the best time she's had in a match in her entire career i don't get it but good for her i love it i don't I have to that, get it <laughs> you don't know like but like i love that people can find these things to be passionate about in wrestling i'll i'll find you some old june kasai videos to watch okay i do want to clarify that i've like always been into like a bit more of the extreme sport kind of angle so i'm like a lot of the stuff that I grew up with had a lot of blood in it, so I'm just yeah. desensitized to it. Okay, I used to watch a lot of deathmatch stuff, and then it died down and down and down. <laughs> I I just can't stomach it anymore. It's not as much. I still love it. Anyway, so we do have one more match from Dynamite to talk about. Uh, real quick, we are getting Mox versus Darby two. After this tag team match. Which is going to be fun. That's going to be awesome. And I might have to look away at a few parts. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, one more match that we haven't covered yet. Before that. Do you want to talk about two weeks notice? Do we want to talk about two weeks notice? 
I think we want to talk about two weeks notice. Okay, let's talk about two weeks notice, which I definitely don't have notes on. I'm trying to remember now. No, well, we'll talk. So um, the ones that actually made it onto IWTV, because IWTV crashed at the beginning of at the beginning of two weeks notice. So we missed the pre-show match, which was Slade versus Benjamin Carter. And we missed Alley Cat versus Max Caster. That would have been really good, actually. Yeah. I wonder if they got it archived. According to Max Caster on Twitter, Max Caster won that match. (laughs) According to the actual official card, Alley Cat won that match. Oh, I don't know who to believe. I believe, I don't believe Max Caster. (laughs) So the first match we got to watch was Injustice, which is Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver versus Bear Country, which is Bear Bronson and Bear Boulder. And they live up to that name. They are bears. God, they are huge. They are big old hairy men. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a gay guy out there who's like, I want them to destroy me. I'm sure there's a few. I know a couple. <laughs> it was a good match. So we had like, uh, yeah, you had like, it was basically like you know, technical wrestlers versus Haas. Yep. And it worked really well. There was a spot that they were going to like throw one of the bears in off. So this was filmed and I guess held at a pier in Atlantic City, right over the Atlantic Ocean on the on a pier, like right off of the boardwalk at AC by, oh God, what casino was it? Showboat? No, I know because I actually looked up to get a reference. Uh, Producer Aitsu wants to know, are they Perot bear sized? Uh, not quite. Perot is more cut than them, but yeah, these guys are like very typical bear. Bear. Yeah, like they're still tall and wide, but Perot is more cut. Also, Perot is why I need to start watching all Japan. Is the Garden Pier in the Atlantic City Boardwalk? Okay, who owns the Garden Pier? I I would be watching all Japan already, but it's another ten dollar a month service. It's like I already have New Japan. I can't do both. I can't do that and New Japan, and IWTV, and Fight. <laughs> oh god, how much am I spending on, on subscriptions now? Probably a lot. That's like 35 or $40. Also, I do want to note, it was the showboat, because it, oh, it, it was between the showboat and the Ocean Casino. Okay. Oh, right, I saw the Ocean Casino in the background. Mm-hmm. Which, I went to that casino, the only time I've been to AC to gamble, I went to that casino when it opened under the name Revel way back when. Oh my. So it was like right when I had turned 21. I <laughs> lost $100 in the first five minutes and then I quit gambling forever. I've never been to a casino. They're okay in that they give you free drinks. I I, I like playing craps, but I've never been to a casino. But you lose so much money. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was the pier before so the atlantic city boardwalk goes like goes ocean casino showboat casino hard rock casino atlantic palace and then a bunch of other hotels slash casinos caesars bailey's or bally's rather tropicana nobody cares about this tangent but we what we do want to talk about is the tangent that is horse diving oh god right you told me about this so the steel pier in Atlantic City is a very old pier that was built in like 
1910 times. And back during 19... Erin's going to leave for this because she's going to take a bathroom break while I talk about the horse diving pier. So back in 1910 times, as an attraction to get people to Atlantic City before they had casinos, because it was just a beach resort town before they had casinos, they had this attraction where a man would ride a horse off of the pier and the horse would dive into the water. And most of the horses didn't make it for a second dive. And it was fucked up. Atlantic City is a weird and terrible place, but it's also what Monopoly is based on. So explain that. Checkmate liberals, I guess. Basically, Atlantic City's weird. Don't go there unless you're going to a wrestling show. And for the love of God, don't spend money at the casinos. And that's that tangent. Oh, that was really good, actually. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I know. He enjoyed that bathroom break. (laughs) (sighs) This is why I like doing this live on a a live stream. So we could actually do visual jokes like that. (laughs) Also, I just had to go to the washroom. But yeah, no. It's been a while since I've been to the Atlantic City Convention Center. That's where Anime Next is held. It's a pretty fun con if you ever want to go to a con in New Jersey. But there are better ones. Go to NJ Veg Fest. That's the best con in New Jersey. You get a bunch of vegan food. I'd love to go to another vegan food fest. I ate so much last year. The At NJ Veg Fest, when I went, they had bodega breakfast sandwiches, which were killer. Oh, yes, please. They had pickle tornadoes. So you know how you could get the you know how you got like the the potato spirals at boardwalks and stuff like that yep imagine if you had that but it was a pickle oh that would be really good i also got like eight different kinds of kombucha so yeah emma and i went to a funniest shit i ever saw <laughs> god damn it erica i love you but god damn it erica yeah so, so we went to this thing and we ate a lot you eat a lot at vegan food festivals. Like, we had two or three meals, and then we walked away with, like, $40 of cheese each. <laughs> <laughs> I got a shirt that says cruelty-free on it. It was made by a very nice artist who talked me into buying a medium despite the fact that I needed a large, which means I can't wear it out. But I appreciate that she thinks I'm a medium, so I'll get there. But can you really wear that now? Yes, I can. Because I've seen you in private and you are not cruelty-free. I'm pretty public about being not cruelty-free in terms of what I do to other consenting adults. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, um, yeah, no, the tag team match between Injustice and Bear Country was a lot of fun. I yes. really enjoyed the pier spot where they were going to throw one of them off of a pier. Yes. That was fun. Uh, we had... I fully expected someone to. Yeah. Uh, our next match on the card was a singles match between Wheeler Yuta and Lee Moriarty. Who are both amazing. That was such a technical match. Oh my god, that was gorgeous to watch. Like, legitimately, if you just want some good wrestling to watch, find anything from Wheeler Yuta. Find mm-hmm. anything from Moriarty. It's, it's awesome. It was really good. Like... Just if you can watch that match, you'll be amazed at how good technical wrestling can be. Yeah. It was a long one, too. Like, I really strongly recommend watching that match. That was a highlight of the week of wrestling for me last week. 
That's valid. Then we had an intergender singles match. Willow Nightingale, Willow Nightingale versus Pinky Sanchez. I love fucking Willow Nightingale. I love Willow Nightingale so much. She's the best. I wish her nothing but continued success. I adore everything she does. And she does, she's such a good tag with... Um, Solo Darling. Yes, Solo Darling. Thank you. I forgot her name briefly. You're welcome. The Bird and the Bee is such a good tag team, and they'll forever be Campionas de Parejas in my heart. Yep. And in the record books. <laughs> That's fair as well. That, that kind of hurts to say, actually. <sighs> like how a very good professional wrestler will always be the champion in the record books. I love that's what he changed his name to on Twitter. <laughs> that's how he wants to be booked now, too. Yeah. Cool. Go for it. So, yeah, Willow Nightingale beats Pinky Sanchez. Pinky Sanchez did such a good job of playing Pathetic Heel. I loved it. He's been doing that for so long, and he's so good at it. It was so good. And, like, he just so happy when Willow Nightingale won that match. Like, if you really want to see Pinky Sanchez in action... Find his match against El Generico, where the ref was on his side until he was forced to ref it properly. <laughs> I will have to look for that match. Um, then we had Christian Casanova versus Blake Christian. Uh, Christian Casanova won that match. I apologize. I really don't remember this match. I think I went up. I, I think I got up to get like water and go pee. Yeah, it, it was a solid match. I can't think of anything that stood out, but it was a very solid match. It's definitely worth the time. This whole card was worth the time. Yeah. <laughs> what am I talking about? So this was Beyond's first show since lockdown. Mm -hmm. They don't know when their next show is going to be. They did this show because there was space and time available before GCW Homecoming Part 2. Yeah. And they were able to do testing properly for this, right? Yes. No, GCW's testing and safety protocols are very strong. Yeah. So, like, what GCW did with their wrestlers, or with, with the crowd, rather than the wrestlers, because, like, the performers, they all tested, and, like, you know, all of them came back negative. You can't test the crowd. So what they did instead, this is, like, a really good policy. They've been doing it since, like, the show before GCW Backyard 2. What they've done is they set up basically you have there's no door no door tickets at all mm -hmm. you have to book in advance and when you do you have to stake the number of people in your party they will assign you seats with the exact number of seats equal to your party size and there is no one within six feet of you yep so if you bring COVID in you're only if infecting the people who like you came with and you all have to wear masks for the entire show now, there was a few times during the show where action spilled out into the outside, so people kind of yeah. got close then. But... It's, yeah, but, like, you know, the performers are actually tested, so they're yeah. all clean. They're not going to give it to anyone. Yeah. I'd be more more worried with them picking it up from someone from the crowd there. That's what I was worried about, too. Yeah. That's why I was, like, a little iffy on people high-fiving the fans. Yes. But, you know, Nick Gage won't be told what to do. I'm sorry, do you mean Nick fucking Gage? I mean Nick fucking Gage. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of which, our next match was Nick fucking Gage, Chris Dickinson and Tony Deppen versus the second gear crew, Matthew Justice, Mance Warner, and one called Manders. I'm still saying they could have been called 3M. They could have been called 3M. 
<laughs> Matt Manson Manders. This one was unfortunate because Nick fucking Gage actually got hurt during it. Sorry, I haven't introduced what um, Nick fucking Gage, Chris Dickinson, and Tony Deppin's team name was. Oh, They right. were introduced and billed as, instead of murder, death, kill, murder, Deppin, kill. <sighs> yep. Nick Gage was not happy. It was apparently the stupidest fucking name he's ever heard. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, during this match, Nick Gage took a really bad and really weird ankle bump and, like, I think broke his ankle. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. They didn't have any updates throughout the show, unfortunately. Yeah, so Effie was talking about it on his stream on Monday. Uh, By the way, you should watch Effie's stream, especially on Mondays. Monday Not Raw is great. You get to watch wrestling that isn't WWE. (laughs) And it's very gay. But Effie was talking about it. It's like, he said backstage to Nick, you know, Nick, I think if you're walking on your ankle, it's probably not broken. Someone pulled him aside. He's like, no, it's Nick fucking Gage. His ankle's broken. Yeah. He's just the toughest motherfucker you've ever seen. Yeah. So Nick Gage broke his ankle and still walked on it because he's Nick fucking Gage. And it's Nick fucking Gage. So he'll be running on it next week. Almost assuredly. Wrestle in a hard cast. Yeah, I I expect him to. (laughs) There is the GCW show this week. Yeah, that man fucking scares me. (laughs) I know. And... Because he's supposed to challenge for the GCW Championship. And that was supposed to have happened this weekend at Homecoming. Yeah. But it didn't because he broke his fucking ankle. Um, but yeah, Murder, Depp, and Kill wins the match. Because how do you how do you handle loss to the team who lost Nick fucking Gage to a yeah. broken ankle, you know? No, and they, they had to call the finish on the fly there. But they made it look almost seamless. They Yeah, no, it was very well done. So then our final match which is going to be our lead-in for the final match <laughs> on AEW Dynamite, because we've taken a very roundabout way of getting to this match, is the IWTV Championship match. IWTV Champion Warhorse versus Ricky Shane Page, who happens to also hold the GCW Championship belt. Mm-hmm. Ricky Shane Page was accompanied to the ring by... Oh god, what's their fucking name, Aaron? Uh, 44-0. Right, 4-4-0. Eddie Only, Atticus Cougar, Gregory Iron, and Eric Ryan. I did enjoy seeing Gregory Irons again. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I extremely enjoyed this whole event. I extremely enjoyed this match. Uh, Ricky Shane Page, with the help of his cohort, did a lot of beating up on Warhorse. Mm-hmm. But Warhorse kept coming back. Because it's Warhorse, and he rules... Ass. At the end, there was a ref bump, and eventually they had Al- to send out a second ref. Yeah, they sent out a second ref, but Alley Cat made it out first to help clear out some of the outside. Yeah, so Alley Cat came out in flip flops and still managed to put on a good performance. Then she, you know, she went back after the second ref came out. And she cleared the ring out. Yeah, but the interference kept going. And eventually the match ends in a DQ, which, you know, Warhorse gets the win on, on a DQ. Yeah, it's an all right way to go out on a champion versus champion match. Absolutely. But they keep wailing on Warhorse after the bell. So who runs out again but Alley Cat? And who runs out after Alley Cat but Effie, shirtless, in really cute pink suspenders. Or not yep. suspenders, pink overalls. So Effie 
take some dudes down in pink overalls. I did specifically wear my overalls today to honor <laughs> that, um, but also to honor because like uh, Molly put out, uh, Molly McCoy put out a promo about how hockey is back, slapped on a hockey helmet and ran into traffic, <laughs> according to Boomer. Oh my god. I haven't seen this actually. Oh, you have to watch it. There's no there's no cars on the road, but she ran out into the street. It's like fucking South Jersey. Who the fuck is going there? Yeah, true. It was good though. Oh, they did, they put on a really good show and I'm glad I got to see it. No, this was definitely I mean, it's always I'd like it's I don't know. It's been weird lately, but I think the IWTV subscription is always going to be worth it. Yeah. Like, even just so you can go through and watch back catalog stuff. I was about to say, like, even if you don't like the stuff they're doing live or restreaming for themselves, you know, which it's it's been kind of hit or miss every time I turn it on. But they have such a huge back catalog. And, like, let's let's be real. There's some matches from certain promotions that are now defunct that you should probably go back and watch. Yeah, they, they still have stuff worth watching. Um, also, IWTV, we are totally open for a uh, sponsorship. Yeah, IWTV, if you want to sponsor us, we would, I mean, like, if the sponsorship consists of giving each of us a free $10 subscription, you know, whatever, like, I will I can live with that. Like, that's, you know, 20 extra dollars for the company per month. Yeah. <laughs> if the exchange rate is dumb, maybe I should start charging all these subscriptions to the company. We can charge the pay-per-views to the company. We can't charge anything else. Okay... We might be able to get away with your VPN. Uh, the VPN's paid for like the next three years. Do you want to depreciate that? I probably could. I can go back and find it when I signed up. Anyway, enough accounting talk. Back to the match at hand. Back to ruling ass. So, speaking of ruling ass, let's scroll all the way back up in our notes. Back <laughs> to match number two for the night. Chody Rhodes versus Warhorse. Aaron is headbagging for the listening audience. Okay, I'm good. So this was a fucking match. This was everything I'd hoped it would be. Because they couldn't have War show off too much because he'd definitely upshow Cody. Right. But like, no, it was like Warhorse. Like the thing that I like about the way that these matches have gone is it always looks like it always looks like Cody's about to lose. Yes. You know, Cody, Cody really puts these guys over. Yeah, there's a lot of emotion that you can get from this if you're really pulling for the people there. Mm -hmm. Like Sonny, who I'm sure damn near won that. Yeah, or Eddie Kingston, who I'm sure damn near won that. Or Warhorse, who I'm sure damn near won that. Like the last couple, the last three challengers have been incredible. I'm trying to think, like, who's before that? It's like, oh yeah, there was Bart Quinn, who's doing it on a bum ankle. And looked amazing. The thing that got me the most about this match was Cody botching the sunset flip and Warhorse countering it for a pinning opportunity. Yep. Because, <laughs> like, that was... I mean, like, I you know, botches happen. Yeah. And Warhorse seamlessly made that look like a counter. And that's coming after Warhorse almost kind of botched the start. Yeah. Because when they're both out there, also... Mikey Ruckus did an amazing job on War Horse. Oh my theme. god. It's like a Metallica song if Metallica was good. If Metallica was more Metallica, it'd be this. It, it's like if you distilled Metallica and got rid of the egos. 
No, that's not true. If you distilled Metallica and all of their egos into one ass ruling <laughs> professional wrestler. <laughs> okay, but they're out there for, for the announcement, and Warhorse is in the one corner, and he turns around and he sees Cody parallel to him in the ring. He's like, oh shit, I'm in the wrong corner. So he has to go over the other one. Also, Justin Roberts in this. Mm-hmm. He hit all caps. Yes. That's the important part. That was an all caps announcement. I enjoyed it. I like this was just so good. I love the angle of Cody working like a body part. Mm-hmm. I love how you could tell the way that they booked this match. Warhorse had studied Cody. Yes. Like a lot. Like going for the upper back on the double leg stop from, you know, outside the ring when Cody went to go hug Arm Anderson for a little bit. <laughs> Blocking the figure four. When Cody tried to lock in the figure four for the finish, Warhorse just fucking grabbed his leg. Not even that one. Cody went for the figure four earlier in the match and Warhorse flipped it over before it was in. <laughs> Like, it was just such an exciting match to watch. Like, oh my but god. The, like, grabbing the leg was just, like... It's just such good presence. It's really good ring presence. It was just so... It's like, why has no one done that? Why don't people just grab the leg? They used to. When Flair did it a lot, when Flair was on top of his game, people would do that to him. It's just so good. I I loved that. That whole match was so good. And it's, it's something that it, Warhorse got to put his shit into this match, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that crisscross lariat, where he sent Cody the one way, he ran the other, and they came back. Mm-hmm. That, that was, was beautiful. So that was beautiful. There was just... The Macho Man elbow mm-hmm. was beautiful. <laughs> there was so many good parts of this match. I really, if, if you haven't watched it, please do watch it, because it's genuinely, like, I, you know, like... It felt like the kind of match that, you know, it wasn't like a match for the ages. No, this was, this was a very good mid-card main event match. Right. Like, this this would go in the marquee underneath the heavyweight title match. Right. This is the kind of match that, you know, if you have matches like this week in and week out on TV, you've got an incredible product. Yeah, that's guaranteed viewers for your first hour. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the other things that I wanted to talk about for the match. The reason Warhorse lost is that he didn't listen to Danhausen. Yeah. Danhausen told him at the be- before the match, called him up on the phone and told him he needs to do one thing, and that's punch Arm Anderson in the groin. Yep. He didn't do it. And Arm Anderson has an unharmed groin. <laughs> Arm Anderson also kept out of the match. <laughs> that's true. So that was good to see. It was good. It was fun. It was funky. And after the ma- after the match, Warhorse wasn't done being awesome, though. No, because fucking after the match, Dark Order comes out to attack. And Cody's got his back to the entryway because he's shaking Warhorse's hand. And right, there's... he's like got the hand out for the handshake. And Warhorse sees the Dark Order dudes running at Cody. And like they come in for the, you know, attack from behind. And Warhorse shoves Cody out of the way and starts fighting the Dark Order guys. Yep. And it's like, yes, yes, yes. By the way, Warhorse rules ass. Not only does he rule ass, but he's a good sportsman about it. Like, that was a good, hard-fought battle. I'm going to protect my opponent because we respect each other after communicating with the language of fists. (laughs) Very G Gundam. 
Yep. Now, he did get thrown out of the ring after that because they had to get him out of the way because then Matt Cardona comes in to make the save. Yes. The former Zack Ryder. Yep. The internet champion himself. It's just, like, there's so many good things. That was an amazing showing for Warhorse. The only thing I wish was different was that they let him bring out the IWTV title. But I can see why they wouldn't, because, you know, they're putting their title on the line, so. Do we want to, like, briefly touch on the contract signing? Uh, yeah, we can. So when FTR was doing their contract signing, they said they needed a consultant before they signed the contract to read it over. And who comes in as their consultant? But Arm Anderson himself. We're not going to be done that bit, are we? <laughs> no, I'm going to continue calling him Arm Anderson. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, no. So, yeah, he went over the contract with them, going over the tag rope and the Tag Team Appreciation Day, which I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, I know you are. Aaron. Aaron's favorite thing in the wrestling world is tag team. It is. That's why I'm so excited for the Women's Tag Team Tournament. It's like all my love put together. Okay, so, yeah, that's, I think, basically it for this week. I think so. The one thing I do want to talk about is that Cody is a bitch. Cody is afraid. <laughs> Cody doesn't want to wrestle Lufisto because he knows he will lose. That's my beef. She's got experience on him. She's got skill on him. She's got travel distance on him. And what, 12 and a half pounds of pure athletic ass meat? Yep. Although she has trimmed down a lot since then. That's true. But also, like, even Lufisto versus Sheeta would be amazing. Yes, absolutely. But. I still want to see Lufisto versus Cody. I know yeah. Cody's not big on intergender wrestling. And we know Tony Khan really isn't either. Intergender wrestling is so good. Yeah. You have people who get the same training, who do a lot of the same working out. Let them fight. Because <laughs> it's still a work. At the end of the day, it's still a work. Yeah. I have one segment here. Okay. I have my recommendation. That's right, Aaron's recommendations. So what I'm recommending this week is The Ultimate Warrior versus Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 7. I am recommending this to show how important storylines are in professional wrestling. So, watch this match. It's it's a good match. It's, it's a Macho Man match. It, it was 25 pages of pre-planning. But all that is secondary to what happens after the match. Right. Macho Man loses the match. It, doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter that he hit six elbows and Warrior kicked out. What matters is after the match, Sensational Sherry turns on him and leaves. Miss Elizabeth comes back in. And this leads up to like their whole kayfabe marriage thing. Mm -hmm. But that is far and away more important than anything that happens in the match. Absolutely. But you still watch the match so you fully understand that. Mm-hmm. That, that's the power of storytelling in professional wrestling. Yeah, there's a lot of power to the storytelling elements of pro wrestling, and it shouldn't be understated how powerful that is. I should also mention that Ultimate Warrior was fired immediately after this match because he blackmailed Vince into, into a higher payday. <laughs> yeah, maybe not the best. <laughs> don't, maybe don't do that. Ultimate Warrior sucked. Yeah, I know. He was not a good person. Anyway, who else do we got to talk about? There was something else I wanted to talk about, and I can't remember, and it might not even be related to wrestling. Uh, I think the only thing else from the tweet was Blazeball. 
Do we want to end this fucking show? I really think we should just end this fucking show. Okay. So I'm going to keep this concise. I'm going to keep this brief. I'm going to keep this real gay. Remember, everyone, I love you. Be gay. And do crimes bang. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Attention everyone listening to my update. As of, what is it, October 8th? No new letters. Anything I get in the mail to be signed will be tossed. I've got too much to do. Mourning you with peace and love. No new letters. Can you hear my AC?